0: Is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen
1: and Dr. Harry Quigley.
0: We are glad to have you back. On today's episode, we're going to focus on everything you'll want to know about medications that are used to treat glaucoma and ocular hypertension. Now, this is a pretty big topic, so this is actually going to be part one out of two of that discussion. We'll be talking about the old the new and some exciting options on the horizon when it comes to glaucoma medications. Medications are the first line of treatment for glaucoma. The other lines of treatment include things like lasers and surgeries, which we'll talk about later on. In terms of medications, we have eye drops, pills, and also intravenous medications to treat glaucoma. All of them work to reduce the eye pressure by one of two main mechanisms. Number one, we're trying to reduce the production of aqueous humor, which is the fluid that bathes the inner structures of the eye. And number two, we're trying to increase the outflow of the aqueous humor in that angle that we have discussed before. When we determine what medications to put you on, we first have to know what your treatment goal is. And so we have to figure out what your target intraocular pressure is. For glaucoma patients, that's usually about 20 to 30% less than your highest eye pressure. For ocular hypertension, it's about 22.5% less than your highest.
1: Some of you may not have yet heard our podcast on what's glaucoma compared to ocular hypertension. So you'll wanna go look at that one because we wanna review that glaucoma usually is applied to people who already have some damage to the eye. And we lower the eye pressure with medicine or a laser or surgery in everyone who already has damage. But for those who are suspects for glaucoma due to having a high eye pressure or suspects for other reasons, we do lower the eye pressure in some of them.
0: So the target eye pressure is the eye pressure at which it's predicted your disease will progress the least. Unfortunately, in glaucoma, we can't always completely stop the progression, but we try to stabilize things and slow them down as much as possible. There are several classes of medications. We're gonna go over the mechanisms of action, the side effects, some things you can expect, and we'll even try to get into some cost issues.
1: Some of you who are real aficionados of this will say, well, are there randomized clinical trials that prove that this pressure lowering with eye drops actually works? And indeed, yes, there are now several randomized clinical trials. As you know, that's the gold standard for proving that a medical treatment is actually beneficial and that the benefits far outweigh the risks. And for many of the agents that we're gonna talk about here, the things that are eye drops, a randomized clinical trial showed that taking the drops protects you from glaucoma, not completely, but quite significantly.
0: Now, Harry, I feel like you're one of the people who wrote the book on glaucoma. So you have a lot of experience with some of the early medications that were used to treat the condition. What is your experience with some of those early medications and how have things progressed?
1: Well, there were some medications, things that we called pilocarpine or epinephrine. They were needing to be used multiple times of the day. They were not comfortable to put on the eye when they went in. They stung and burned. They did, in some cases, cause a lot of redness and, in some cases, made people's vision substantially worse for periods of hours after the drop went in. So when I started practice, when we had to tell somebody they had to take eye drops, it was very, very difficult. And that changed dramatically in the 1970s when the beta blockers came about. So you were going to start telling everybody about the mechanisms. What group is the beta blockers in?
0: Well, beta blockers, they are one of the aqueous suppressant eye drops. So they reduce the amount of fluid that's produced inside the eye.
1: Well, they could shut off the faucet or you could improve the drain. So glaucoma doctors are plumbers. So the group called aqueous suppressants are the ones that decrease the amount of fluid being made. So that's like turning down the faucet. And these beta blockers were very special. They're in the group that is known as Timolol or betaxolol. Those are names for those drugs. They all end in O-L-O-L. And many of our readers and listeners may know these drugs because they are among the most common pills given for high blood pressure and heart disease. And if you use one of those, you also have a drug that ends in O-L-O-L. The reason they were so special to us in the early days of the first drops that we could use for glaucoma that worked, were they're pretty comfortable to use and they have generally pretty acceptable side effects.
0: Oh, so here's a good question for you. Can oral beta blockers, so the kinds of beta blockers we use to control high blood pressure, also be used to lower the eye
1: pressure? The answer is probably not in most people, and that if you did that, you would also be lowering the person's blood pressure. And we know that the combination of eye pressure and blood pressure is an extremely important combination for glaucoma patients. We don't necessarily want to dramatically lower your blood pressure because that cuts down the blood flow to the eye. So, we use the eye drop form of the beta blockers to lower the eye pressure. And we have, by doing that, very little effect, although there's some, but very, very little effect on the general body. There
0: you go. You heard it from the expert. So, if you're taking a beta blocker for your high blood pressure, it's not going to treat your eye condition. You still need to use a topical or an eye drop beta blocker. In terms of side effects of these medications, things that can occur are some stinging of your eyes when they first go in. Another big side effect is that it can interfere with a breathing for individuals who have a history of asthma, and it can also exacerbate one of the types of heart block. If you're someone who has asthma, COPD, or any condition where there's a heart block, you should talk to your doctor and alert them before you get prescribed this medication. In terms of expectations, we generally see around 20 to 25% reduction of the intraocular pressure. A nice thing about these medications is that they're very low cost and they've been around for quite a while. So they've been studied for some time.
1: I also mentioned that the beta blocker group tends to make people who have dry eyes, that is dry scratchy eyes and people who need artificial tears every day know what I'm talking about. This beta blocker group can make dry eyes worse. So we must be careful, and the doctor, when prescribing this, will actually do an examination at the first and second visit after starting it to be sure that the eyes haven't been made so dry that little dry spots are formed on the front of the eye, leading the person to have a sandy, uh, uncomfortable feeling. And if so, we use a different eye drop.
0: Another medication within the same class. So again, we're talking about the drops right now that reduce the production of the fluid inside the eye. So we just mentioned the beta blockers. And another one I want to add on to that is alpha agonists. These medications include, you may have heard of like bromonidine, alpha-gan, or iopidine.
1: Does agonist mean agony? Oh, agonist is a medical term. And the medical term means that it stimulates something. So these agents are affecting your unconscious nervous system. When we say alpha and beta, we're talking about two different classes of area of the nerves in your body that unconsciously let you breathe, let your heart beat, make your stomach work and your digestion function, all of those things that you don't have to think about. Well, these eye drops are going after the kind of lock and key mechanism called a stimulation or blocking that occur in that autonomic nervous system. So I interrupted Mona just to say that an agonist is something that stimulates this alpha group of receptors, things that are like a lock and key.
0: Yeah, thanks for correcting me. These are the good kinds of agonists. So they are very good for treating glaucoma by lowering the eye pressure, again, as an aqueous suppressant, so reducing the production of fluid in the eye.
1: What are those called? What are the generic names for those?
0: These include bromonidine, Alphagan and Iopidine, or apriclonidine is another name.
1: Those really act well. They do need to be used morning and night. And in fact, when they were first approved by the FDA, it said you have to take them three times a day. Now, I don't know about Dr. Kaleem, but I don't ever ask patients to use drops three times a day because when we've looked into how well people can adhere with taking drops, almost none of our patients were ever able to remember their middle of the day drop when they were trying to take it three times a day. So twice a day is pretty good enough for this alpha group of medicines for brimonidine and its brothers and sister drugs. They do, however, have a pretty substantial rate of allergy compared to the other drops. Now, by no means does everybody get allergic to it but this drug group happens to cause allergy probably in 5 or 10% of the people over the period of years of taking the drug. They'll develop a lot of itching and redness, even some flaking of the eyelid skin, and then they have to stop that group of medicine. The effects go away. It's not permanent. It's not damage to the eye. But it is unfortunate that it leads to allergy that often that it leads to the drug needing to stop.
0: I've also seen a couple of cases where a patient developed uveitis, which is inflammation of the eye because of one of these medications. And as soon as we stopped it, that issue went away. So if you're having a side effect from one of these medications, call your doctor's office, let them know, stop the medication so they can recommend an alternative for you. These medications are also generally pretty low cost and they've been around for a while. They should be avoided in children and I would also avoid them in the extreme elderly or people who have dementia. They can make people a little sleepy. I will tell you that I have a family member who I prescribed alpha agonist for, and he's a very busy person in his career. And he noticed that he started getting sleepy during the day and we weren't sure what it was. So we went through a whole bunch of tests and there was nothing that was conclusive. And then we figured out that it was actually from the eyedrop he was taking, the alpha agonist. And as soon as he stopped it, that sleepiness went away and he was able to resume his normal work schedule. Another medication within this class are the carbonic anhydrase inhibitors. These come as a drop or a pill or also an intravenous medication. Side effects of these medications include things like irritation, burning, sometimes blurring when used as a drop, the pill form can cause some trouble with the metabolic system, so the electrolytes in the body. It can affect the way that the kidney functions, and it can also potentially even affect the way that the liver function if they're used for a long period of time.
1: Now, why would you ever give somebody something that has all those effects? Well, this is something that we use just in a very short term now for most persons if the eye pressure is at such a high level that the person is really in a threat of losing vision in days to weeks. So this pill, acetazolamide, it's also known as Diamox or neptazine, also can be associated with a severe anemia. It causes some tingling in the fingers and persons who've had kidney stones should not use this particular pill. But as an eye drop, this group of medicines actually has never had any of those other effects. We've never seen the eye drop form of this medicine known as dorzolamide or brinzolamide. There are two different chemicals, both of them in the same class, and they don't have any of those general body effects that the pill does.
0: Carbonic anhydrase inhibitors do have a sulfa component, but if you have a history of a sulfa allergy, there's generally no cross-reactivity. So just because you're allergic to a sulfa drug, it doesn't mean that you cannot use a carbonic anhydrase inhibitor eye drop, And the pill may also be safe for you as well, as long as it's used for a shorter term. The sulfa allergies generally are related to the antibiotics. So again, that's just something you should alert your doctor to and have a discussion with them about. Again, if you encounter any side effects from the carbonic anhydrase inhibitor drops, tell your doctor, stop using them, and we'll look for an alternative for you. The next class of medications has to do with increasing the outflow of the eye.
1: So here we're gonna improve the drain. And there are many of us who believe that the outflow drug improvement is the most physiologic, the best way to lower the eye pressure because in doing so, it doesn't strangle the inside of the eye for new fluid to be made, but in fact, improves the outflow of the drug. And for about half of those with glaucoma, their eye pressure is high because there's something wrong with outflow. So this is more directly going after the actual mechanism by which glaucoma causes its problem in that particular group of people. They also, because as Mona's about to tell you, have to be used only once a day, most patients find it much easier to remember to take this group of medicines.
0: Well, the first one to mention are the prostaglandin analogs. These medications are generally used before bedtime, but at least just once a day. And in this class of medications, we have latanoprost, travatan, also known as travaprost, and lumigan, also known as bematoprost. Some newer ones include Vizolta, also known as Latanoprost, bunode, and Xyoptan. The side effects of these medications include things like making the eyelashes grow longer. They can also darken the iris. So if you're someone with a blue or a green iris, these medications may potentially make your iris darker. And you can also get redness of the whites of your eyes.
1: There are people who also get a little bit more pigmentation in the skin around the eye. Now, if your husband fell for you because of your beautiful blue eyes, then it may well be that the prostaglandins are not what you want to take, even though this eye color change only occurs in 5% of people. But we do have patients who say, I don't want to take that group of medicine because it might change the color of my eye. Now, if your eye is brown, it's not going to get browner. So that isn't a problem there. And this is the chemical agent that's in a commercial product that is sold for big money On a mascara brush to grow bigger eyelashes so this is one of the positive side effects of a drug that is not related to how it helps glaucoma but it is related to cosmetic appearance that is a little positive there's also a little bit of loss of the tissues around the eye so that the eyes look a little bit more sunken now some patients find that also to be a positive cosmetic effect because it looks a little like you had plastic surgery to get rid of the baggy eyelids But if it got to be extreme, then too, we wouldn't use that particular agent anymore. LaTanoprost, the first of these drugs, came out in the 1990s. And at that point, it really became the most commonly used drug, and still is, the most commonly used eye drop for glaucoma because while we mentioned there are side effects, the effects on the general body are nil, zero, absolutely none. And so here's a drug that is more potent or at least as potent as anything we have, needs only to be used once a day, and doesn't affect the general body.
0: It's usually my go-to medication. I'm generally prescribing prostaglandin analogs as first in line amongst all of the medications. What do you do in your practice, Harry?
1: We both do, and that is true worldwide. So that this medicine, either alone or in combination, is the most commonly used thing for glaucoma. And has really stood the test of time. One of the questions we get asked a lot is, well, you know, is the effect of these drugs going to wear off? The chemical term for that is tachyphylaxis, which means that you use something for a while, but then it works less and less and less well. It turns out that the prostaglandins just keep on working. And as we're about to find out in talking about sustained delivery, giving one blast of the drug may actually be even better than using it daily as a drug.
0: Another class of medication that's newer are the ro-kinase inhibitors. So you may have heard of something called Ropressa or Nutarsidil, and that's what that medication is. That's also used once a day, generally in the evening. Because it's newer, it can be a little more costly than the other medications. However, you can try to reduce the cost by using coupons that are found online or coupons that your doctor may have. Side effects of the Rho kinase inhibitors include things like redness of the eyes. You can get these tiny like blood splotches around the limbus or around the cornea of the eye. Another side effect is on the cornea, which is the window of the eye. On the inside there can be little kind of like marks or spots that happen. They wouldn't affect your vision at all. It's something that we as eye doctors see, and those spots would go away as soon as you stop the medication.
1: Ropressa, the rokinase inhibitor, was approved in 2018 in the United States and is being used more and more. At the present time, many of us are adding it on to other drops when someone doesn't adequately respond to get to their target with the more standard drugs. And I think different doctors and different patients have ideas about should you use the latest thing. We have patients who always want to use the latest thing. If we have a laser treatment, they'll say, oh boy, that's a laser treatment, I'd like to have that. We have others who are more conservative about things and say, well, let's let everybody else try out that new drop for three or four more years so you guys can find out what the side effects are and whether it really stands the test of time. Discuss that with your doctor. If there's a new drug that comes out, ask about how much is known and how much is not known and whether that for you is a good choice or not so good choice.
0: For those of you who are tired of using eye drops and also don't wanna take a pill for the eye pressure, there are emerging medical therapies. So we're actually coming out with an injection and that injection is of one of the well-known glaucoma medications. The nice thing about that treatment is that you may just need to get one injection every few months. There's still work to be done in this area But there's good news that there are definitely things coming out and on the horizon for us to look out for so that maybe we don't have to be dependent on a daily eye drop.
1: Among the ways in which we think sustained delivery is going to happen is either that you would wear something like a contact lens or like a white ring that would rest under your eyelids every day, a device that could be put into a little opening in your eyelid called the punctum and release drug. And those of us here at Wilmer have worked quite diligently on developing ways of placing the medicine under your eyelid in the office. And I'll say a nasty word. It's done with a needle, but you don't feel it. And that has been shown in laboratory work that we've done to reduce the eye pressure for months at a time and without having to inject the material into the eye. Because we need something that you don't have to do every day, but it can't be something that could be potentially injurious in and of itself. Injecting inside the eye, of course, would give us a chance of rare infection or bleeding in the eye. And something that we would do in the office that would sustain, deliver a drug to you, but you couldn't drive home easily, would mean that somebody would have to bring you to your visit. And of course, most glaucoma patients need treatment in both eyes. So if we had to place something or inject something in both eyes on the same day, that might put us at risk of having you be blurry in both eyes and not able to function. So there are a lot of issues in the development of this sustained delivery, but we're all looking forward to that form of approach to get rid of the bottles of drops. We're going to have a separate podcast, I'm sure, about the subject of how do you adhere to taking your drops and how good are you compared to how good you think you are at getting your drops in when we monitor you with a computer on your bottle.
0: We have many tips for instilling drops into your eyes. You can find them in our book, which is on our website, www.diagnosisglaucoma.com. Or another great resource is to see a video by one of our colleagues, Dr. Henry Jampel on YouTube. If you go to YouTube, you can type in glaucoma and you'll see his name, Henry Jampel spelled J-A-M-P-E-L. He goes through different techniques in the video. It's really nice. Well, this is the conclusion of part one of our discussion on medications. Look out for part two.
1: Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops.